again. Coach Ray here for another episode straight from my heart to yours. I am working on some incredible interviews, but the reality is things happen and sometimes plans get delayed. But that doesn't mean you need to just toss the accountability to your intentions out the window. We always have the choice to embrace what we can do. So I figure there is nothing more powerful I can do in this Power of the Hearts podcast that, hey, I'm the one who decided this needed to be hosted, than to show by example that I am sticking to my word of two episodes each month. And, you know, I've recently posted on my Instagram about how even going backwards in life happens. It's inevitable, actually, that we all will in some way as that clock keeps ticking and we know that does not equate to magically more hydrated skin. But what I talked about was how uncomfortable and frustrating it is when you're in the midst of a more significant backwards. And I was referring in the post mostly to my physical challenges, which have felt like this rinse repeat of backwards over the past five years or so, as I have faced one adversity or another with my health, which is something I work so hard on. And therefore, I do have these human moments of like, oh, okay, universe. Yes. What would you like? What is the message now? But That if we stay in this state of why me, then it'll likely fuel us to just shrug off the intentions we keep setting. And one shrug, like this one episode, it really matters because any level of complete dismissal, it snowballs, sometimes rather insidious. And I'm not talking about the extenuating circumstances or realization that you are suffering from burnout and I'm trying to encourage you to just keep pushing. If either of those things are the case, by all means, take the pause you need. What I'm saying is take that pause with full body consciousness. That is what it is. And that is what you can do in the moment is recognize presence with your pause and really honor it, never to just dismiss any intention. And maybe what you can do seems really like not even worth your time, such as that one, no, no thank you to the straw and the drink you really had to get on the go in a piece of non-reusable plastic because you forgot your water bottle at home. I mean, you got the whole cup there. What's the straw also at that point? Or that meager five deep breaths of presence because you did overschedule yourself and you are way too mentally and physically exhausted for a workout or the last meeting of the day that is important to you. It seems like those kinds of things Do not matter at all. But that is what this podcast is all about. If we are ever going to learn how to ease the suffrage that loneliness and overwhelm are today, we have to let go of this concept that a thought, word, or action, no matter how small, doesn't matter. We've got to just throw it out the window and embrace that, heck yes, it does matter. 
So today, I'm going to read a children's book to you by an author no longer with us in this reality. And I'm going to present the book as a type of interview style episode. The interview portion being the book I will read. This author, born in the Netherlands, would be 112 years old today, but actually lived to the age of 89 in 1999, the famous Leo Leone. The Netherlands has a current population of about 17 and a half million people. And while many across the globe interchange the word Holland for Netherlands, really? Just a quick reminder, Holland refers to just two of the 12 provinces in this known for its flat landscape and beautiful windmills country. In an article from November of 2020, it was reported that the increase in farmland animals becoming more vulnerable in population is alarming. And endangered species include the European mink, which has actually even become extinct from many areas of Europe from hunting, habit loss, water pollution, and competition with the American mink, which is a larger mink that was introduced in Europe in 1926 for fur farming. A hearty and simple dish of mashed potato, vegetables such as curly kale, and smoked sausage called stampot is considered the national dish of the Netherlands, which from reading photos and recipe versions seems like the perfect comfort food meal. Leo lived as an only child in Amsterdam until he was 12 years old with an imagination encouraged and a majority of his time spent outside, watching, wondering what was in those local waters, a wondering he practiced until his death. He speaks about how he was allowed complete chaos in his room as long as it was contained to his room, which had two tables, one for art, which he also created at the two local museums he spent time at, and the other table for nature, a bit of a terrarium-aquarium situation. He often left various turtles or caterpillars and other small creatures living inside that sometimes made their way into his closet to be found flying out as butterflies. He moved to Brussels with family and then to Philadelphia in America with his parents until settling in Italy for his teenage years, where he also met his wife and studied for his economics doctoral degree from the University of Genoa. Leo then moved back to America as a multilingual man in Dutch, English, Italian, French, and German, and became a well-known advertisement artist and graphic designer eventually working for the famous magazine, Fortune. He and his wife had two sons, which led to three grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren. At the age of 50, Leo settled making his winter home in New York City and a very opposite, isolated, woodland farmhouse summer home in Italy during the spring and summer, where his talents as a collector, sculptor, painter, and what he is most known for, his 40 children's books were nurtured. In Italy, the Chianti region in Tuscany is made of eight subzones. I've actually had the pleasure of visiting most of, including the subzone of Rada, where his home was. In an interview video you can find on his website, and I have a link to in the show notes along with other references in this episode, 
Leo is playful and he shares with children in the video how he created pictures for his stories with abstract collage techniques such as painting onto glass and then pressing the paper onto the pane to create backgrounds and then cutting and pasting animal characters onto it. Despite Parkinson's in his last 15 years, he remained not only a student of life and creator, but also brought his marriage to 69 years. And interestingly, his wife died the same year he did. I love that Leo Leone had a vision for how easily people identify with animals and states that he himself identifies with the main character of the mouse from the story Frederick, which I will share with you now. One of the four Caldecott Honor books, Frederick, by Leo Leone, copyright 1967. All along the meadow where the cows grazed and the horses ran, there was an old stone wall. In that wall, not far from the barn and the granary, a chatty family of field mice had their home. But the farmers had moved away, the barn was abandoned, and the granary stood empty. And since winter was not far off, the little mice began to gather corn and nuts and wheat and straw. They all worked day and night, all except Frederick. Frederick, why don't you work? They asked. I do work, said Frederick. I gather sun rays for cold, dark winter days. And when they saw Frederick sitting there, staring at a meadow, they said, And now, Frederick? I gather colors, answered Frederick simply, for winter is gray. And once Frederick seemed half asleep, Are you dreaming, Frederick? They asked reproachfully. But Frederick said, Oh, no. I'm gathering words, for the winter days are long and many, and we'll run out of things to say. The winter days came, and when the first snow fell, the five little field mice took to their hideout in the stones. In the beginning, there was lots to eat, and the mice told stories of foolish foxes and silly cats. They were a happy family. But little by little, they had nibbled up most of the nuts and berries. The straw was gone, and the corn was only a memory. It was cold in the wall. No one felt like chatting. Then they remembered what Frederick had said about sun rays and colors and words. What about your supplies, Frederick? They asked. Close your eyes, said Frederick as he climbed onto a big stone. Now I send you the rays of the sun. Do you feel how they're golden glow? And as Frederick spoke of the sun, the four little mice began to feel warmer. Was it Frederick's voice? Was it magic? And how about the colors, Frederick? They asked anxiously. Close your eyes again, Frederick said. And when he told them of the blue periwinkles, the red poppies and the yellow wheat, 
and the green leaves of the berry bush, they saw the colors as clearly as if they had been painted in their minds. And the words, Frederick? Frederick cleared his throat, waited a moment, and then, as if from a stage, he said, who scatters snowflakes? Who melts the ice? Who spoils the weather? Who makes it nice? Who grows the four-leaf clovers in June? Who dims the daylight? Who lights the moon? Four little field mice who live in the sky. Four little field mice, like you and I. One is the spring mouse who turns on the showers. Then comes the summer who paints in the flowers. The fall mouse is next with walnuts and wheat, and winter is last with little cold feet. Aren't we lucky the seasons are four? Think of a year with one less or one more. When Frederick had finished, they all applauded. But Frederick, they said, you are poet. Frederick blushed, took a bow, and said shyly, I know it. The book reviews of this delve into the deep life messages this book holds. The concept of collectivism and question of what community really is, which is interesting to think about the story coming from a man born in a European country well known for its high scoring individualistic society, or how this Power of the Hearts podcast really encourages both collectivism and individualism practices daily in the act of serving our two homes. The story of Frederick also has me thinking about how long, cold winter areas I have traveled seem to be home to some of the most interesting art and how can we all be more aware to apply and adopt this seasonal awareness with our own creative and service endeavors. So let's do what we can and do it today. And for today's daily intention of the heart, an example of a way you can serve your being and this planet each and every spin on its axis every 24 hours, I offer these. For the intention of love for your being, I want you to embrace a quote from Mel Robbins, which goes, no one is coming, no one. No one's coming to push you. No one's coming to tell you to turn off the TV. No one's coming to tell you to get out the door and exercise. Nobody's coming to tell you to apply for that job you've always dreamt about. Nobody's coming to write that business plan for you. It's up to you. And for the intention of love for this earth, take the question Frederick poses for us in his poem and be grateful for the unique orbit of this beautiful spaceship we call home. As he asked, quote, aren't we lucky the seasons are four? Think of a year with one less or one more. If you relate to any piece of this message, please text or email someone you care about with a link to listen and tune in to this podcast episode. Heck, sending it along as an example of action for the planet today, if you make it one of intention. And if you want to find accountability with this daily habit, of caring for your two homes, I welcome you to come post and share what you have done for your daily intentions in either the public Facebook group I've started or to share in your stories on Instagram and tag me at Power of the Hearts 
or simply email me raylab.coach at gmail.com. Thank you so much and have an amazing day.